if you uh, have been hanging around here for the last month, uh, I have been sharing a series of messages dealing with the parables of Jesus. Now, in Sunday school, before the service and right after the service, I'm also teaching a series, today's the next to the last, so next Sunday will be the last, on what we call modern-day parables. Uh, can one of you just, uh, wh- how many of you were in that class this morning? I think there was like a group of 12, 12 people, and uh, we're, watching, we're, we're watching TV commercials. Ask them about it. I think they have something to share. But we've been talking about the parables of Jesus, and Jesus used parables very, very frequently to share and explain the kingdom of God, explain the ways of God to his disciples. Um, He he actually uh, would, would share these stories, many times explained it to them. But in the first week when we were dealing with these stories, we talked about the the story of the light, how no one receives light and suddenly hides it. It was the story about Jesus encouraging us to intentionally seek understanding from what Jesus was teaching. He said basically to his disciples, pay attention to my teachings because my teachings are light. After all, I am the light of the world. He was reminding the disciples that the scripture and his words are a light to my path and a lamp unto my feet. Last week, we were dealing with the parables of discovery, where Jesus told us how immensely valuable, how priceless is the kingdom of God or God's ways of living. Two individuals, we heard, found a, one of them found a hidden treasure. The other, who was an importos or a merchant, actually found the most excellent of all pearls. And how both of them, how both of them were compelled, due to the value of what they have just found, they were compelled to give it all up, to sell everything they owned so that they could possess life in the kingdom of God and life in the ways of God in the realm of God. Today, today's parable, uh, you know, we've heard it many times. You know, sisters and brothers, who hasn't heard the story of the parable of the sower? But my question is, is it really the parable of the sower? Who is the main character of the story? What is the main actions of the story? Basically, the story goes that a farmer is out there casting out seed. He's planting seeds, and the seeds fall in four different kinds of soils. What are those soils about? What do the soils represent in the story? Our hearts. And and where is the, the seed being thrown to? Our hearts, our soils. Therefore, I would suggest this morning that instead of the parable of the sower, of the sawyer, or the farmer, or the sower, or the farmer, I think we're really encountering the parable of the hearts. Because the hearts seem to be the main character. How they receive the seed and how they respond is the main line of the story. Not so much the casting of seed, but how it's received and how the hearts respond to that seed that has been planted. So if you're with me, let's then continue with the parables of the heart. Now, 
What is the heart? In Sunday school, we'll be dis we have been discussing that a little bit. And Jeremiah, I like Jeremiah because Jeremiah, in, in, a, in his own prophetic way, if you go and Google the word heart, don't do it now, if you go and Google the word heart at home, you will find that Jeremiah has a lot to say about the heart of the individual. The word heart, cardia in Greek, it, it appears over 500 times in Scripture. I always insist, listen to this, Light of Hope, because it is one of my main things. And if you don't agree with it, let's discuss it. <laughs> I'm not going to be as radical. I don't have to. But listen to this. I've always believed that God is not interested in my behavior. Oh, Tell that to the Baptist church down there. God is not interested in your behavior, Doris. God is interested in our hearts. Because if God has our hearts, our behavior will change. God came to give us a brand new heart, not a new way to behave. Are you with me? Is this radical or not? Don't care how we behave. He cares about our heart. And once our heart is right with God, we do the right things. You see? Then, so, so here we are trying to change our behavior and not our hearts. It doesn't work. Then we become pretentious people. If we change our behavior and not our hearts, we become pretentious people. We give seat to those who are accused of being hypocrites. Yeah, because God doesn't care about our behavior. He cares about our heart. And as our heart changes, our behavior will change. Why does He care about our hearts? What is the purpose of God sending Jesus Christ and the Holy Spirit to live within us, Kevin? Because we are to be formed in the image of Christ. Get it? The whole purpose is that we are to be transformed. Uh, Paul says it in one way. In another way, he says we are to be changed. We are to be molded. We are to be made into the image of Christ. You got it. So it's about our heart. If our heart is good with God, our behaviors, what comes out of the heart, the scripture just said, out of the good heart, out of the person with a treasure of, in their heart, good treasure in their heart, good things will come. See? The person with nasty treasures in their heart, nasty things will come out. So God focuses in the transformation of our hearts. That's the covenant. I will give you a new heart, a heart sensitive, not of stone, but of flesh. It's about that. Let me get back to the text. It's not about our behavior. So listen to what Jeremiah says. The human heart is deceitful. Most deceitful of all things. Desperately wicked. Who really know how bad it is? When I read that as a young kid, I realized that I can be as bad as anybody. And my, and my example of wickedness was Mr. A.H. Adolf. That was my image of the biggest evil that I, that my, not my generation, but my parents' generation experienced. Maybe my grandparents. And that was the image. And I realized that I could become him. 
Potentially speaking, I could become that. Or worse. That's what I learned. The potential of wickedness is in all of us. Of that kind of wickedness is in all of us. Education doesn't matter he was highly educated. Religion doesn't matter he was a good Lutheran. It didn't matter. His wickedness was of such nature that has changed a generation. Has marked two, three, four generations actually. But we all have the potential to become that. Do I hear an amen? Good reformers, thank you. Wow. Deceitful. The psalmist even says, my heart is sick. Sick and weak. Oh Lord, I can't wait for you to restore it. Zechariah says, they made their hearts as hard as stone. So they could not hear instructions from the Lord or the message that the Lord from heaven sent. Our heart is our seat of our fears. This is where our disappointments are harvested. This is where frustration lives. Resentment grows. It is our heart is like a warehouse of painful memories, our pains and hurts, wounds and open scars. It is filled with stones and dark lagoons, with deserts. Oh my gosh. Desert experiences, quieted sorrows of the night with shame. It pretends to hide attitudes of, with superiority. It actually has its own prejudices. It never forgets and plans to attack. It is deceitful, dark, and dry. Anybody here with me? Have you experienced that kind of thing in your life? But our hearts also yearn for the fresh waters by the stream of peace. They desire the good food from the divine master. They are eager for fresh, cool avras, the breezes from God, as the apostle would say, the breeze soothing our pain. It desires to light quick, to discover truth, to push away darkness. It thirsts and hungers after truth. It thirsts and hungers after love. It thirsts and hungers after hope. It thirsts and hungers for community, to be with someone so Jesus then decides to describe four kinds of hearts for us. Jesus in the parable, he says, the kingdom of heaven is like a farmer who goes out sowing, throwing the seeds. And the first seeds, as we see, it, it, it falls in, in, in a path, in a path that has been stepped on, stumbled on, treaded upon, Kicked upon, pressed over, weight after weight, as people kept walking over it, over it, over it. How, what does that remind me of? Dullness. Insignificance in life. It's almost like having a heart that's blind. It represents those who hear the message only to have the devil come and take away from their hearts. And prevent them from believing and being saved or made whole. 
They may be hungry. They may be empty. They may live in darkness. They actually live in deep spiritual darkness. In deep spiritual need. But refuse, refuse, reject, push away the message from God. How do we deal with those people? Do you know somebody like that? That year after year, you have shared the word. He probably lives with you. And guess what happens? Loida, come on up. I got, I got my prop here. That's resistance. They are resisting. They are resisting. Remember lo que hizo la doctora. So we push, and she pushes. They push back, and we push. Oh, she pushes back. I'm going to push. And one day, <sighs> persistence. I, I, thank you. I, I snuck a kiss with my wife, those who are listening. <laughs> so that's the idea. We keep in relationship with them. And we join in that resistance until that resistance becomes the dance of grace. Because there is the connection is there. Push it back until we dance with grace. So that's what we do with the blind ones. Who they say they're blind. We pray for the Lord to reveal because we know that, that the spirit of God reveals truth to us. We can search for it, but it only comes to us unless God himself reveals it. Then we have the rocky heart. I call that the emotional heart, the superficial heart, the indecisive heart, the uncommitted heart, the scared heart. Because I don't know what those white folks are going to do to me in there. I don't know what those black folks are going to do to me in there. And therefore, we don't hang out together. Come to the Latinos. We know what to do with you we're in the middle <laughs> the hearts you know they're hard base they're hardened hearts they, they, they you know they, they glance into the scripture they, they love Jesus they love kind of this idea of the church not the church they love the idea of the church they love what Jesus promises these are like the millennials who pray more than all of us put together who want to make a difference in their lives and who seek spirituality but they can't come to the church because the church has not done it for them that's what we learned over there in St. Pete we failed last generation they have their indictment. We need to embrace and deal with it and change their perspective. These are the people that are, that are, are seeking, but they just don't have enough soil for the, groups, for, for the roots to grow. You see, they value rocks more than soil. But they, once their heart changes from stone into flesh, they become sensitive. They become teachable hearts. They need to stop. They need to remove the rocks from the way. They need to deepen their soil. And guess what? That takes time. Yeah. There's no Google app for it. Microsoft hasn't invented it yet. Windows 10 is coming and it doesn't do it. So we need to live our lives in the speed in which life is, and it's not our centuries. There is a third group of, of sorry, there is a third group of, of, of individuals, and the scripture says that, that once the seed is thrown, they really don't take care of it because of the cares of the house, the pleasures, and they're really living it out. It sounds like they're really living it out, aren't they? 
Wow, why should they need Jesus? Why should they even consider those seeds? They have fun. Oh, they got cares in their lives and things happen. The weed and thorns. We, you know, we have soil and we have soil. It seems to be good, but not cultivating at its best. They seek after pleasure and party, kind of abandoning reality and their true lives until the first of the month comes in the middle. But these are the hearts that are in pain. These are the hearts that are swallowed by grief, sucked into despair and hopelessness because they focus on themselves. They are angry with God, upset and disappointed. Life has given them the short end of the stick and they can't see the light of day. So they escape in their pleasures when they are broken dry land oh a lot of good growth but of the bad kind but the gardener can come and remove the weeds the undesirable memories the painful thorns soothe our soils with the fertilizing love of God but you have to open up you need to see yourselves and move we're on with your own yard makeover in your heart. In Sunday school, we introduced, and I think I mentioned that last week, a prayer that I learned to pray as I was a young kid. And it was a prayer for spiritual formation. And my pastor, Rivera, he said, Edwin, pray this to God. Lord, show Edwin, Edwin. Will you pray that prayer with me? Not with my name. I'll pray my name. But can you just say, Lord, show, and then you say your name. Let's do it together. Lord, show Edwin. Edwin. Scary prayer. How many of you think it's a scary prayer? Yeah. But you know what? Those of you who felt that little fear, you're brave. Because what we're praying is for the Lord to show us who we really are. That's so that we can go and get depressed and slash and do all that kind of ridiculous stuff. No, 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 no. If the Lord will show us who we really are so that we can begin to be formed, to be, at, to be shaped, to be molded into the image of Jesus, to look, be more like Jesus. Those pains need to be resolved. Those angers need to be solved. Those, re, those resentments, those roots of bitterness need to come out. So that the garden can flourish. So that then the transforming heart will begin. Let me, be, let me tell you something. This transforming heart, that fourth soil, is this a good soil? It doesn't exist. Unless it goes through all this cycle. Think about it. Paul says there's no one good. Not one. So the good heart doesn't exist unless it's already a heart that belongs to God. We're no good. No, we know that. Or do I have to review? We can do that. But there's no goodness in us. It's only the goodness that Christ can plant in us. The transforming heart. We have those hearts that are willing to hear the word and receive it and share it by giving many fruit. How did they get there? How are these, uh, how did these, how, they, how can they do this so easily? 
Where do they come from? They love God. And they have a special and kind of mysterious thing with God. They seem the kind of people who are special, mysterious. They seem to be spiritual. Well, they were actually at one time one of the other soils. That's what happened. At what time each one of us was a worse condition of the other three soils. And at what time, at one moment, the grace of God was poured in our hearts in such a way that it soothed that path. That it, it brought more soil and more soil was brought and rocks were, were, were removed. And some of the weeds and thickles and, and, and thorns were removed. And then we can become a good heart. Listen to the story. Once there was a road that obviously divided a field into two fields. The one field, the one side of the road was lush, green with trees and flowers, bushes. Fruit was abundant. And the diversity of flowers and beautiful arranged gardens and inspiring paths. The other side seemed rough, rocky, unattended, abandoned uncultivated. It was overgrown with thorns and twigs, long twined vines conquered. It was almost unpassable, unattractive, parched, and gloomy. One day, the uncultivated side of the road decided to speak and asked the beautiful side of the road, why are you so beautiful? Why is it that you just have the best of everything? Why is it that people actually are attracted to you, coming over to admire you, and they don't even look at me? The garden side of the road replied, you see, at one time we both looked the same, in desperate need of a gardener. But I met a gardener, and he came into my field, and he began to cut. He began to slash and burn. He uprooted painfully, painful memories. He cleared out lots of confusion. He dug deep and plowed. He fertilized. He watered constantly. He carefully planted and purposefully organized the garden as if he had a plan, a carefully devised plan, a purpose for my life. He is my gardener, and I am. His field. So get rid of all filth and evil in your lives, James reminds us, and humbly accept the word of God that has been planted in your hearts, for it has power to save and grow your soul. Jeremiah reminds us. This is what the Lord says to the people of Judah and Jerusalem. Plow up your gardens. Plow up your grounds of your heart. Do not waste your good seed among the thorns. And Jeremiah reminds his people again, the people of God. My wayward children, says the Lord, come back to me. I will heal your wayward heart. And the people responded, Yes, we are coming. Yes, we are coming. Come back to me, and I will heal 
your wayward heart. Yes, we are coming, the people replied, for you are our Lord and God. Amen. Did you hear that call? Come back to me. If your heart is, you know, perhaps distracted heart, and you're finding it difficult to understand, well, you're here. Perhaps your heart is a little overwhelmed with the cares of life, and, and you just can't think of how can God even deal with my life. It's, everything is so confusing and going so, moving so fast. But if your heart is just bombarded with thorns and, and rocks, this invitation is for you. Is come back. Come back. And your hearts will be restored. If you've heard that call right there, I would like for every head to be bowed. I'm going to make a call of commitment. Every head bow, eyes closed. If the word you've heard, if the Spirit of God has just stirred in your heart, I want, I want better soil. I want to grow better. In the, I, I just want to be a good soil, Lord. I want to be that good soil that you can just come in and be my gardener. Just raise your hand right where you're at. Just raise your hand. Amen. Amen. I'm going to ask you to be brave enough and stand up. Right? If you raise your hand, stand up. If you did not raise your hand and you still feel that God is calling you, go ahead and stand up. These are days of the Lord is calling us to commitments to go deeper while the world grows darker we got to get more light that's it so pray along with me dear God dear God here I am look at my heart take away the masks take away my pretentiousness here I am just as I am. Come to my life. Refresh my spirit. Renew my heart. Show me your purposes that I may live with you, along you, forever. Amen. Hallelujah.